Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guests are Dr. Sherry and Michelle Larravee, the founders of Within, which is an incredible health and wellness center that I found when I needed to turn to acupuncture to help with exhaustion, fertility, all kinds of things. I fell in love with them. I fell in love with their story and I can't wait for you to take a listen. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. I, as just a quick background, used acupuncture to get pregnant with all three children because uh, it was just not happening the good old-fashioned way and so have a deep love and respect for everything you guys do. I've also been a patient of yours, but I'm excited to dive into the world of within. Great. Awesome. Thanks so much for having us, Rebecca. Yeah. So, you know, obviously acupuncture has been around in health and wellness this space has been around for thousands of years, but you guys, I felt like really brought a fresh, more modern take to it. And I would just like to dive in, like what brought you two together and made you want to do this? Sure. Well, this is, this is Sherry talking and I was in private practice for a couple of decades as an acupuncturist and Michelle and I met through a client of mine that went to Georgetown with Michelle. And we were both kind of scratching our heads on why, you know, certain wellness practices like yoga or meditation or healthy eating had really become more and more mainstream. But acupuncture was still really in the shadows. And there wasn't a easy way to get started. So in creating within, we really wanted to make acupuncture and other traditional Chinese medical practices more accessible and do the education necessary so that people know why they would get acupuncture. Um, Simple things like it doesn't hurt, it's actually quite relaxing, and how often to get it. Yeah, and I think just to add kind of a personal layer too, from, from my perspective, what made me really excited about starting within was actually my own personal health journey with Chinese medicine. Um, So about five years ago, I had a ski accident and ended up with dislocated vertebrae in my neck and fracture in my back and was in a situation of chronic pain, physical therapy, painkillers, muscle relaxers, every kind of shot you could imagine. Um, And nothing was really working. And so at some point, my doctor suggested, why don't you try acupuncture? And at the time, I really didn't know much about it. But given the pain, was willing to try anything. And the pain relief was immediate, uh, which was really exciting. I was, you know, quickly able to stop taking painkillers and muscle relaxers. But as I was going regularly, I also started taking herbs, experimenting with cupping, some of the Chinese medicine nutrition recommendation, and realized that I was sleeping better. I was less stressed. Um, I, I even noticed a decrease in, you know, the overall number of sick days that I was facing and, and, you know, not missing as much work. And then, you know, kind of fast forward, you know, a year or two after that, um, Rebecca, I also used acupuncture to help me through fertility um, struggles and was able to get successfully pregnant um, with my first child, Sam, have a healthy pregnancy and have since had a second child, which I you know, very much credit, not just the conception, but also kind of the journey through pregnancy and the hormonal balance and kind of bounce back postpartum with Chinese medicine. And what I was really realizing as a result of this, I mean, literally having kids 
transformative, changed my life. Um, But what I was realizing was that I felt really differently about how I was approaching my health. I felt empowered. It was almost like I had this new set of tools that I previously didn't even know existed to me. And I felt like, you know, it was me being in control and, and kind of instead of being more reactive and, and going to the hospital or doctor when I got sick, it was, you know, really me on the front foot taking care of my own health. So it was just this, you know, really amazing awakening myself. And I think what happened for me and kind of how I was connected with Sherry was I then became the biggest advocate for, you know, migraines, triacupuncture, knee pain, back pain, um, fertility, take these herbs. And found that, you know, there was definitely interest um, and, and people were out there looking for solutions, but there wasn't an easy way for anybody to get started. It was also really expensive. Um, and, you know, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, something you, you do regularly, it should be a part of a routine because it works preventatively and results are cumulative. You know, but the average starting price in New York at the time for one session is $150. So you know, add that four times a week, and all of a sudden, it's really prohibitive. And so, you know, I think what within does is really try to make Chinese medicine, acupuncture, cupping, herbal medicine, kind of the entire breadth of modalities that make up Chinese medicine to make them accessible, as Sherry mentioned, in every sense of the word. Um, So, you know, having a beautiful experience coupled with a price point that's accessible, our price point is starts at 75. So it's you know, basically half of the current average. And then, you know, I think adding that educational component via social media and all of the different content that we do is really to make it feel as accessible as possible um, and kind of in line with other types of wellness practices that are out there. So you're already facing an uphill battle, like in terms of entering the health space at, you know, I think in other previous podcasts, I talk about, you know, pharma has all this money, marketing, all this, that they're pushing drugs down people's throats. And usually people in naturopathic healthcare or other practices obviously don't have the wherewithal to do that. So how did you approach raising the money, structuring the business and getting the confidence from people uh, in a world where everyone's like, oh, let me just take one drug that'll solve all my issues. And we know that's not the case. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and when we were we were setting out, we we actually started with what is it that we're trying to build, and that was what helped us inform how we're going to set up the business, the type of money we we're going to raise, the types of investors that we wanted. So we knew that you know fundamentally we had a really big vision. Like this was you know we wanted to be a national brand. We wanted to you know, starting from our, our real mission, which is how can we help as many people as possible by making Chinese medicine accessible that, you know, inherently lent itself to, to a national vision. And we wanted to, you know, be able to open a hundred plus stores and we want to create a line of products so that we could, you know, reach more people quickly and, and at a larger scale than just with a brick and mortar studio business itself. So we knew that we were headed in that direction. And we were, you know, I'd say like a great example of what has always inspired us is um, like Ali Webb and the dry bar, just how they were able to grow so quickly with the brick and mortar footprint. And then also to, you know, have a product line and, and make 
getting a blowout really about, you know, how do you feel and, and all of that. And so kind of with that in mind, we knew that we needed to raise money to be able to grow quickly and, and achieve that national vision to be able to invest up front in the brand and the technology and the team that would lend itself to scale. Um, and then we also knew that even though that was our long-term vision, even just to get started, we had to open a brick and mortar location in Manhattan, which I'm sure, as you can imagine, was not cheap. And so, you know, just to get that first unit off the ground and to be able to prove out the concept, we needed to raise money. And I'd say, so my background is, has been in investing in, in finance over time. And I think one thing that through that experience was really apparent to me was just you're essentially getting into a marriage when you take capital from anybody. And it was really important to find people that, you know, I knew would really understood the vision first and foremost, knew that we were, you know, not only a business, but also a really mission oriented business and needed to have people that were really passionate around the table. And then, you know, I think also was just like very clear, like I have never built and operated a startup and, you know, never done ground floor real estate, you know, same with Sherry, we both had different skill sets and experiences that were, you know, really great for within, but we were really aware of what we didn't have. And so we wanted to find investors that also had those skills that filled in gaps. So I would say things like um, building a a cult brand that, you know, really was able to storytell effectively and and create education um, as well as, you know, kind of hardcore operating experience, a service business. And so, you know, we were able to bring on investors and advisors like Elizabeth Cutler from SoulCycle and Nick Jemmy from Sweetgreen, as well as Michael Pollock from Heyday. And they, you know, really had that combination of passion and wellness experience and brand experience and have been, you know, truly invaluable partners to us on this journey. And then have also, you know, to kind of the point of scale and having a bigger, longer term vision have also partnered with venture funds, uh, you know, I'd say primarily that specialize in the consumer space, but also in the retail and real estate space, knowing what a key component of our overall business model and plan that is. So clearly there was, you were entering an arena where, you know, you had the expertise in health, but then you have to open a storefront and launch product lines. So what was an unexpected struggle or challenge in both of you, I'd love to hear your answers in encountering that in learning something new and sort of going into this unknown. Sure. I would say one of the things that, you know, we, we decided to, you know, historically acupuncture and Chinese herbs have always been used together. And it was really important to me and still is very important to me to represent Chinese medicine um, accurately and to really raise the whole industry. And we decided to launch organic Chinese herbs. We're the first company doing that, doing 100% organic Chinese herbs. I've been prescribing herbs to clients for decades and really struggled that there wasn't a product that was all organic because I think as much as we are buying organic strawberries and organic broccoli, herbs are just their plants. So it's really important. And I wrote all of our, and I continue to write all of our formulas And for me, it was really interesting writing formulas that were going to be 
OTC products. You know, I had always custom prescribed them to particular clients. And in writing these formulas, I had to think uh, in a more generalized way about them. Um, and that was a real challenge for me before we opened our first brick and mortar location was just getting these formulas set and feeling really good about them. And, and so happy now, years later, to get so many great testimonials of how they're really changing people's lives. And what about you, Michelle? Any, any unexpected and venturing into the unknown challenges that you were like, oh, I didn't know I had to know that. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I think is has been a real surprise um, from an entrepreneurship perspective is almost all of the things that you, the total sum of the things that you have to know um, that you didn't know before. So all of a sudden, you know, you really are drinking from a fire hose on a daily basis because you have to be a marketer and you have to be an accountant and you have to be, you know, an operator. So just, you know, kind of the learning curve has been so steep and continues to be on a daily basis. But I also think it's, you know, really exciting that you get the opportunity to learn, you know, all of these different things. And then ultimately you find people and build a team, you know, of real experts in those areas. But I think I was definitely surprised by just how many different things, you know, you need to do as an entrepreneur on a daily basis. It's quite shocking, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so how many years have you guys been around now? So our first full year of operations was in 2019. So heading, heading right into the pandemic. Okay, let's go there. (laughs) what the hell happened and how did you get through it? I mean, look, it's, it's, you know, I think what we had going for us going into the pandemic is that we were always in change. You know, we were, we were already in, in, in flux and change and riding the waves, you know? So the, the good thing about the lockdown for us is it gave us a chance to really pivot and focus on our products and launch some innovative products that were really speaking to people um, during lockdown. I think people have gotten more interested in creating their home sanctuary and their home wellness tools. So in 2020, we launched our acupressure mat. It sold out three times in 2020. Um, we also launched our rose quartz eye mat. And like I said, it, people have really responded to that. And that was, that was a, a place of growth for us. But it, it did, it, it has been a struggle. You know, we, we lost a lot of members due to the pandemic, just people moving around. So we've had to work hard to basically rebuild the business and, and rebuild our, our, our clientele. Where did you turn to for, you know, the ability to hold on during that ride? Because it was obviously quite quite an interesting one yeah absolutely and you know i would i would even argue that you know we're still we're still while things are definitely looking so much different than two years ago that we're we're still aware that setbacks can happen and things like that Um, i would say you know we talked a lot about the investors that we brought on but one thing that you know i really helped us through the pandemic was 
having really supportive investors. So I still, you know, can't underscore enough that finding the right partners is really critical. Um, and, you know, they were supportive in terms of, you know, decisions that we had to make around, you know, reallocating capital or, um, you know, closing the studio and things like that. So that was really important just to, you know, be able to survive financially through that time when, you know, many other, not just acupuncture, but all sorts of different businesses have closed. So we're really happy that we were able to, to survive. And then I think that, you know, the other answer that, you know, where did we turn to was, you know, we're a people business, uh, you know, we really take health, we're a healthcare business. And so health is always a first priority, but also, you know, we're a service business and our, our product is our people. And I think what we really, really focused on during this time was just, you know, finding the human connection and element and, and, you know, relying on our team and everybody, you know, really rose to the occasion and demonstrated incredible grit. Um, I think we all just also relied on and what kind of got us all collectively through this, no matter, you know, kind of what your role is it within was just, we are offering healing. And this was a time when stress and anxiety absolutely skyrocketed. There were, you know, new types of pain and things like that. And so I think what we just relied on was like, we're offering such a critical service at a time when it's needed more than ever. And then just trying to create a culture and an environment where, you know, we could connect with our team and our people and offer flexibility and offer empathy um, and resources because everybody was in it, in the thick of it. Um, and we just wanted to be really aware of that. Yeah, and just want to underscore how amazing our acupuncturists are. You know, they really rose to the occasion. And there were so many people that really weren't leaving their apartments uh, except to go and get acupuncture once a week. You know, so there was a lot to navigate with with those clients at that time. And our acupuncturists were very strong, you know, really working on the front lines of this. That's awesome. So what do you have, what's your plan for growth for the future? Yeah, so we're, um, we're really excited to be back in, in the growth mode after the last few years. We opened our second location in NoHo at the end of last year, and it's been a really exciting partnership with us because it's been with Mount Sinai um, and Health Quarters, which are an integrative wellness center. So for us, that's been really exciting to be just partnering with them and really being in the forefront of the future of healthcare as we see it with East meets West medicine. Um, that being said, you know, we're also expanding our footprint with them as well as with, you know, our own studios. So excited to be opening new locations in New York over the next couple of months. And then hopefully, you know, planning to expand beyond that to, you know, LA, San Francisco and beyond. And then just really continuing to double down on, product launches so that, you know, we are able to offer kind of the complete line of products that support the key conditions that people are coming to us before. We've had an exciting journey um, with some wholesale partners more recently. We just launched at Nordstrom. And so for us, that's also really exciting because it's really in the mainstream. So I think continuing to use product innovation to spread awareness about Chinese medicine and reach new audiences. So most people launch with a strategy. They have their hopes of where it could go. I'm curious to know 
you've hit the right, I don't know, the right buckets. You have the cool space, you have the cool design, you have the cool supplements, you have, and now you're starting to see that pay off, right? With the right retail partners. And then also on the same side, like the right healthcare partners. Did you feel like you had to have restraint in your strategy so that you didn't say yes to every golden shiny thing or like talk me through that process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think saying no in startup world is like one of the most valuable skills anyone can possess because to your point, there's a lot of opportunities that open up and it's not always easy, but kind of the two key things that I think we have used it within are one, just having like very clear priorities and objectives that Sherry and I agree on that we get, you know, input from the team that we also agree with our advisors on and trying to really stick to those. One example that comes to mind is even in kind of like the product innovation category, right? Like people are asking us all the time, like, oh, can you add massage as a service? Can you add Reiki? Can you, um, you know, add this other type of energy healing? And I think for us, we've always you know, while we can see the value of having a multi-service offering, we've always been like very clear that we want to do one thing and be really focused on that. And that one thing, you know, being Chinese medicine. So anything that relates to Chinese medicine, we really focus on. And same thing in the products too. We always really want our products to kind of come back to that core, um, to that core mission of being rooted in Chinese medicine. So having those clear goals has, you know, definitely helped us. And then, you know, the secondary thing is we don't just throw away ideas if we say no to them, because there are a lot of ideas that might be great. It just might not be the right time. So one thing that we, you know, always keep is a parking lot, <laughs> which is essentially, you know, a running list of ideas that, have a lot of legs and might be really exciting, but if they don't fit into the strategy at the time, then we'll just put them aside. And, you know, I always try to circle back to that on, you know, a quarterly or biannual basis when we're having these longer term strategic planning conversations to see if anything, you know, might work reopening at that point. I do the same thing. I have a running list of all my good ideas that uh, sometimes are bad timing. Right. Exactly. And like, honestly, sometimes I'm more proud of the things I say no to than, you know, all the things that we are doing on a daily basis, because it can be really hard. Oh, my gosh. I think sometimes when you, you know, in the beginning, you want to say yes to everything, at least I did. And it can, it can lead you down the wrong path. And when you look at the people that have had a very clear and calculated rise, I think they've been very thoughtful about all the choices, including saying no. Yeah, and my hands in the air on the uh, saying yes to things, and as the the creative vision of the company, I'm always like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. <laughs> and I do appreciate that Michelle thinks you know about bandwidth and timing, so there is a, a nice negotiation there. <laughs> so, how do you two work together uh, as as co founders? You know, how do you make sure you get along that you that you keep your visions aligned, or maybe you don't get along sometimes, and that's okay too. It's definitely a marriage, you know, and there's definitely a lot of negotiation. And I think one thing that I did really well in picking a partner is just that we have a complementary skill set. You know, we have very different backgrounds, so it allows us to cover a lot of bases between our two skill sets. But yeah, it's a lot of communication. 
Mm-hmm. I think communication is, well, so for, I think from a just kind of high level fundamental, one thing that's been amazing about Cher and I's partnership is that we have been almost shockingly aligned in terms of the vision for within, you know, even from our first meeting, we just like hit it off and under like had the same goal, like accessibility, um, Chinese medicine, beautiful space, the content element, all of that um, has really united us. And so that has been really critical. And then I think, you know, kind of to Sherry's point around complementary skill set, that's absolutely it. And the third element that I would add is something that we've worked really hard on and tried to be proactive is, you know, along with the complementary skill set, it also means that we came with really different backgrounds. So I've, you know, worked in a number of corporate environments and Sherry's worked in a healing space where she's really been a creator and, and, you know, successfully built up her own practice. But that just means we look at things differently and approach things differently. And so tried to get out in front of that. And we've actually worked with business coaches almost from the beginning, which I love to share transparently because I think that it's foundational. And I think it's something that, you know, if they can make it work, every entrepreneur should consider because it gives you a vehicle to have difficult conversations, to get honest feedback, um, and then to really make yourself a better leader and a better partner. Totally. I think uh, my brother and I used to joke we went to couples therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Just to get it all out there and have a, have a safe place to talk. And I think you need that as co-founders because it is a marriage that's not anticipated. And, you know, even husband and wives, you know, fight, partners fight. So, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. So if you are not in the New York City area, where can they find you? Get your incredible supplements, get your ear seeds, um, all the things. Within.com. Um, we have everything on the website. So WTHN. And, you know, as the product designer, you know, I'm just so thrilled for new products coming out this year. Can't announce them yet, but... Yeah, follow along with us because we've got some really good stuff in the works. Awesome. Is there anything I didn't ask you today that I should have? I think one of the things that we really believe in as a company is empowering people to really take their health into their own hands and learn more about their bodies and to find health in all the ways, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And we really pride ourselves on being educators and setting people up for success. And one thing I wanted to, to touch on that is, you know, I think we're in a quick fix world, whether it's your career, whether it's health, you know, being that my, you know, I, I dive deep into the health industry. I know things are not a quick fix. Do you have any words of support or advice for people who are suffering and want something like, okay, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to take the vitamin and tomorrow you're like, wow, I'm healed. Yeah, consistency is key. So really just waking up every morning and, and if if you fell off the wagon over the weekend, we'll just pick it back up again. You know, that's normal. So just stick with it. And the only other thing I would add too to that is just that you're not alone mm-hmm. because we see we see that so often that when our patients are in a vulnerable place, they feel isolated. And I think what we've seen particularly over the last two years is that 
we're almost all suffering silently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things that, you know, we're trying to do it within too, is really take a community approach um, so that our clients are able to connect with others that might be going through the same thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to finally come in <laughs> and yes. see you ladies. And thanks for doing what you do. I have such a love and passion for, for acupuncture and, health and wellness. And so thanks for leading the way. And Rebecca, thank you for supporting female entrepreneurs and everything that you're doing. Of course. It's my passion. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add to, I've loved being part of the female founder collective and 10th house. And it's, it's been a great community. I've met some good friends, many helpful resources. So really appreciate everything you're doing there. Oh, awesome. That's so good to hear. That's so good to hear. And Michelle and I both wear Rebecca Minkoff. Yay. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.